and welcome back to the Curiosity Chamber. This is Season 3, Episode 11, and if you are enjoying the podcast, please give me a follow on Instagram at the Curiosity Chamber or TikTok at the Curiosity Chamber. Pretty easy to find there. Um, all the follows mean a lot to me. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're actually in development of a website right now. It's going to be called thechamberpodcast.com, but it is not active quite yet. So hold on there, and let's go ahead and get started with our guest. Our guest today is an author, entrepreneur, international speaker, and passionate mental health advocate, a lifelong geek, and research aficionado, Jay offers world-class spiritual training for male entrepreneurs to help them connect deeper with their masculine core, turbocharge their business success, and leave an epic legacy. Jay's Unbreakable One program showed many men the road to personal power, fulfillment, and increased revenue. Jay spent the last 20 years teaching and coaching students around the globe. This is J.H. Teplay. Thanks for being here. Well, hello there. And I'm super excited to be talking to you today. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a real good conversation. Um, so mental health is, is so important, right? And I'll tell you right off the bat what's important about mental health, and that's getting enough sleep, which I, by no stretch <laughs> of the imagination, got last night. So <laughs> we're working through some things. And it's it's crazy that you can notice a difference within one day. Like if you get enough sleep, you feel energized and ready to go. But if you don't get enough sleep or you're up and, you know, struggling throughout the night, that shape shifts the entire day moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to hear a bit of a spiritual perspective on that? Please. Oh, Absolutely. Okay, so uh, there is some uh, curious fact of the day for you. So most people don't realize that during sleep, we don't just recharge our bodies and our brains, which is uh, what we usually expect, but we also recharge energetically. So what I mean by that is that we are not just the physical beings, so that we're not just like a <laughs> bag of meat and bones. There is more to us because there is that part that is uh, our spiritual soul divine essence whichever way you call it and so um there is a funny fact about it is that it requires a lot of energy to run and uh, during the day you go and spend that energy and it doesn't actually recharge uh, it does a little bit through meditation but really you recharge it through sleep so when you are asleep the spiritual part of you actually separates a little bit and people who are clairvoyant or uh, do this um, uh, spiritual photography kind of stuff, uh, they've seen that. Okay. So you have this, uh, this like a spiritual part of you, uh, a mirror image of yourself, but in energy floating right above you. And what it does, it actually comes out of your body to charge in that universal energy that surrounds us. And if it doesn't get enough charge, like if you wake up too quickly and you pull it back in, and start spending energy, that's where you feel really groggy because we are like mobile phones. You know, if you don't charge yours overnight, it's going to be useless the next day. Really? So we are like that. That's so interesting. So when you're, let's say, if you're running and you're consuming energy, does that, is there a positivity to energy from running? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, uh, exercise releases endorphins and lots of other positive chemicals, and it stops inflammation in the body. So by all means, but it, this is not the only way you spend energy during the diet because you also spend energy on talking and on thinking. Most people don't realize just how much energy we spend or waste on those constant thoughts about things. And that is actually really taxing on our system. So if you've been thinking about something really hard and for a long time, you would then feel tired as though you were doing some physical exercise. Yeah, you're right. So I can see that we're schooling and colleges and you know the work when you're on the grind, if you're just consistently thinking about something negative, it, it really does. It takes a tax on your body. I've been there. I'm sure like 99% of us have all been there where it's just so taxing on the body because you're nervous for a speech you have to give. You're nervous about a test you have to take. So that, that makes complete sense. It's so fascinating. So, well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love this stuff. Um, what made you take this path uh, specifically in men's mental health? Uh, that's a good one. Okay, <laughs> so, so um, uh, are you familiar with the concept of a hero's journey? No. Well, okay. not particularly. Okay, so it's a, it's a theme that appears throughout pretty much all human literature and art. Um, you can actually see it in Star Wars, for example, okay. or That's any other... Kind of yeah, we're yeah like any other epic um uh, epic film or movie or book it's essentially a story about someone who is say a chosen one and then uh, someone appears to call them on an adventure and they reject that call and they say that they're not ready that they don't want it um you know just basically say no and then obviously something comes along and kicks them really hard where it really hurts yes and they uh, they reconsider yeah <laughs> okay? yeah an epiphany. Yeah. Uh, so it's called, yeah, the call uh, to adventure, the refusal of the call initially, and then the acceptance of the call. So on my own hero's journey, I've experienced just that because uh, with the knowledge and the experience that I've got, I knew that I would be best suited for this kind of work. But I've been hesitant to do it for a long time because I didn't feel that... Um, perhaps my uh, my target audience, the people that I could help the most, would easily uh, recognize me as yeah. someone who could help them. So yeah. that held me back for many years. But essentially, you know, so that, life... That was yourself holding you back, right? Essentially, it was yourself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, it, it was just myself. Nobody told me that I shouldn't or I mustn't. I, it was just me thinking that perhaps, you know, perhaps I, I should try and do something else from from a logical standpoint but you know what life is like it has peculiar ways of uh, kicking you in the um, <clears throat> in the yeah. soft sides and yeah. uh, explaining to you that certain paths you must take and if you have a gift to share with people if you have something valuable to share with the world you can't uh, morally withhold it from others and you should step forward and share it with the people who would benefit the most. And so in my uh, specific example, I've um, 
essentially throughout my different lifetimes, I've been a male person and a male soul. And so I've acquired a lot of experience and observation and through some spiritual mentorship as well, uh, a lot of insight into how I could help uh, this particular people. And uh, even in this lifetime, I started many years ago, over 20 years ago, when I first started teaching, I realized that what I do changes people's lives and saves people's lives. And so at one point, uh, it became really clear uh, when I nearly died, it became really clear that this is the path that I should take. Oh, my goodness. What what happened? Almost died. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> we can't um, skim over that. We got we to talk about this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, it was a weird experience because... I was uh, I was running a different company at the time, and I ended up working for several people, basically doing the task of a whole team myself. And so, at some point, I got myself to such a bad burnout, so I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do anything for two weeks. I couldn't move, and I could feel uh, it's it's really weird you know, describing that is really weird. But um, like when you're dying, you feel that. <laughs> and you kind of feel when your body is giving up. And I, I thought to myself one day lying in bed thinking, right, well, so what will happen if you actually did die tomorrow? And if, if that was the end to it? And I thought to myself, right, well, it's just like another company would stop to exist and nobody would care. But if I actually followed my truth and if I really did my life's work, even if I was here no longer, uh, my, my work, uh, my knowledge would still live through my students, through my seminars, through my videos. And I thought, and still, you know, keep changing people's lives. And I thought, you know what? Stop fucking around. Just get up and do it. And luckily for me, I have tools and techniques to heal myself and to bring myself back from <laughs> really terrible situations, uh, which I, yeah, which I had to use on, on a few occasions in my life. And so uh, luckily, because I had those tools, I um, recovered after a while. And I kind of promised to myself that from now on, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to stay on target. I'm going to do what I, I was meant to do here. Yes, yes. So it's important. You, you basically had a realization when you were on your deathbed. And we, we hear stories like that quite often, but you actually did something about it. So it's nice to that you basically took the, the bull by the horns and you did something about it. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, Mm. work these nine to five jobs where it's just like what you said like if you were to die tomorrow the, the company would maybe like, i don't know a week and then forget about yeah. you and then yeah. rehire you you know and like Absolutely. there's no way you served your purpose for working for a major corporation or something like that you were just like typing in data it just doesn't seem like a good life to live in my opinion and I, it's not fair to say i get it i understand people have to pay bills and they have to do what they have to do but mm -hmm. ultimately i mean if it was up to the individual i believe that we would all want to help somebody out or start our own businesses or just have 
just something that awakens in us and makes us feel good on the day to day for sure. Oh yeah. I do want to hear something interesting about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think you're going to like that because you're into crypto and technology yourself. So um, in my observation, we obviously, well, we're all similar as human beings, but there is a one fundamental difference. Um, there are two groups of people who don't really, or they can't relate to each other as much as you would expect. And the way I describe those groups of people um, is I, um, I describe them like computers with different operation, uh, operation systems. Android so uh, Yeah, so um, some of them are Windows computers, which are the majority, and some run Mac software. And so I... Um, I describe those people as Windows computers or laptops and Mac laptops because the mental software that they, uh, that they run in their brains is actually different to the point where they can't exchange files, so to speak. They can't exchange ideas. They can't relate to each other. And so, for example, you know, even uh, from the technology standpoint, if you um, try to send a um, an exe file to my computer that would be like, oh, what is that? You know, you, I can't run that. So with um, with these different kinds of um, people, I the majority of them that work nine to five, and they actually seem to be somewhat fulfilled in that role, in that if you try to dissuade them, if you try to push them to do something else, they actually feel stressed and unhappy. They don't feel excited. And they tend to criticize those who go after their dreams and start their own yes. businesses. Yes, common, right? very common. Exactly. Yes. Because uh, the mental software that they have in their brains is actually designed uh, to make them function that way. And when you try to expose them to some new ideas and files that they can't process, they get a little bit panicky and definitely very uncomfortable. So I call them humans, for the lack of a better word. And they, um, I, I'm, I'm going to explain why, because, you know, I could, I could say muggles, but I, I think that's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so essentially what it is, it's their um, modus operandi, you know, their fundamental basis is fear and trying to avoid pain. Whereas this different group of people who then go and become entrepreneurs, who start their own companies, who become digital nomads, they are like Mac laptops. And funnily enough, they prefer to use MacBooks <laughs> to regular window computers. So, you know, if you see them on the beach or in Bali somewhere, they will have their MacBooks with them usually. Yeah. And so this group of people has a lot of differences compared to the other group. And one of them is that they don't live by fear. They live by passion. Oh, yeah. So their motivation is not to avoid pain so much, but to seek pleasure. And it's a very different mindset. And they, um, because they can't just live... Um, ruled by fear they want to explore the world they want to explore about things about themselves they want to understand how the universe works they want to create something great and leave a dent on the world leave a legacy and i call them stars the reason why i call them stars is because 
um, you might have heard this spiritual saying, as above, so below. Yeah, and so yeah. when, if you think in the universe, you have luminaries like stars, and then you have planets that absorb uh, the light and the warmth from those stars. And so just as it is in the universe, we have here in our mundane reality of those really bright, shining people, entrepreneurs shining their own light. And then other people uh, that are like planets that absorb uh, what they've created, that benefit from their businesses, their services, their gifts. Yeah, and yeah. so they tend to accumulate around those people, again, like a little planetary system. And with the with this star community, they have lots of similarities between themselves. So they can share ideas openly. They're actually spiritually curious. They're open-minded. Uh, they're critically minded as well. So they ask questions. And you can tell that someone is not uh, from this uh, star stroke Mac community because they don't like asking questions and they don't like being asked questions. They like following some rules and procedures and they get very uncomfortable when those rules and procedures get challenged. And also when you talk to them about something that goes outside of their paradigm, you know, anything, um, astronomy, spirituality, quantum physics, crypto, you name it, they just try to remove themselves from the conversation. They don't want to talk about it even whereas anyone you meet who is on the same wavelength they yes. would be like oh okay i don't know much about it for example but tell me more you know yes. what i mean yes that's brilliant absolutely I, and you know everyone has done this in their life when you meet someone and you just click with them you just click. Yeah. you understand you're on the same wavelength for sure you're on the same frequency yeah and so it, it goes like the saying is uh, misery loves company, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to your point, I mean, there's so much truth in what you were just saying. I've never heard it explained like that. And it, it makes complete sense. Did you did you come up with this? How to explain it like that? Or was, was that taught to you? Because that's very fascinating to me. Uh, there is, uh, this is my work, uh, my research and my observations. And if you look closely, you will notice it yourself because uh, I think you can, from your own experience, you can relate to that and you can see that if someone is a uh, human and you try to talk to them about anything that goes outside of the mundane, uh, they, they will try to shut you up. And if, uh, if you talk to someone from our tribe, you know, from like to another star or to another entrepreneur, they would be like, oh my God, you know, you are my brother from another mother. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's so strange. Like even in your own little tribe of friends, like some friends honestly don't want to see you succeed for whatever reason. Like fear. Like, fear. Sure, yeah, because there. it challenges their paradigm. Because you succeeding goes against everything that they think is right in terms of following the rules, fitting in the community. So our tribe, uh, the misfits, we don't fit in. We create our own reality. We uh, want to be the rulers and the kings of our reality. We want to shape it the way that suits our soul evolution. And the other tribe that is actually more numerous, like there are more of them, they prefer to fit in and they have the whole schools of thoughts of what you do to fit in the best, 
You know what I mean? So that clash makes them very uncomfortable. For this reason, I consciously choose friends and partners, I mean, business partners that belong to our tribe, because then I don't have to explain things. I don't challenge their core beliefs. They actually resonate with me because, you know, if someone has the same core beliefs and the same core values as you, they are naturally your shield mates. You know, they will stand by your side and you know that. How do you feel about the schooling system and standardized testing? Oh, that's terrible. We notoriously fail at that. You know, if, uh, I think if you talk to anyone from our tribe, it's like left school, um, ignored school, uh, run yeah. away, uh, didn't do it. And then they ed- educate themselves because this yeah. is the way you learn so much more by uh, going after what you're interested in. And also the educational system right now, it was like, it was okay-ish when I was at school many years ago. But right now it's basically just a brainwashing camp. They don't teach you anything. They train you how to be a mental slave. That's, yeah, I I felt like it was pretty relevant what we were talking to. So that that question popped in my head because I just think the, the schooling system, especially out here, in America sucks. Everywhere. 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 Yeah. But it's yeah. they don't teach you things you use in real life, like how to invest money properly. Like that's one of the biggest things that we I feel like we should be taught. But it it's like it's almost like a, a shot for just turning people into factory workers. Just to like say yes, listen to your leader and then don't ask many questions, do as you're told. And just be a good little citizen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it ties up uh, with what we just spoke about. Because remember that the schooling system was created uh, for humans by humans. People like us are a minority. So they wouldn't create a specific school system just for us. Because sure. number-wise, um, there is not as many and they don't particularly like a company in a way because as i said we challenge their paradigm and with investing for example if you talk to a human person about investing the only way you could persuade them to look into it is to appeal to their fear they would not listen to you because they think that it's you know something weird something they perhaps may not get their head around and If you only say like, you know, you may lose your job tomorrow, so what will you do without savings? They would go and basically create like a pension fund. But it's not from the same standpoint of our mentality when you want to invest because you want to then reinvest that in your company or in your own self-development. You want to make that money work for you. So that kind of a concept, I think one of the reasons why it's not being taught is because it's kind of alien to the mentality of the majority. So we mustn't forget that. So let's start from the beginning. How do people get into these ideologies? You know, um, for example, I feel like a person's upbringing is like so significant. For example, if your upbringing was rough, not supportive, I mean, yeah. You know, you can either take that one way or the other. Like if you had a rough upbringing, you can either use that as fuel or you can just 
turn on the world and say, this place sucks. I mean, there's no use for me. I'm done with it and just give up. But I mean, there, there's so many multiple avenues of how one's upbringing can basically write their future for them. They can write their story. I'm, I'm talking about like friends, parents, society, culture, environment, which is a huge one. I think friends and environment might might be the biggest ones, like the biggest influencers. Uh, yes and no. It depends who you are applying that to. Because yes, if we are talking about the majority, then absolutely, they are easily molded by their peers, their parents, their environment, their background, uh, yes. you know, the country that they came from, all of that. Whereas with our tribe, if you look closely, you will not see something very interesting. We seem to be a lot more resistant to external influences, especially if we choose so. Because uh, our thinking, our, as I said, mental programming operational system is different in, in that it, um, it's more about how do you manifest yourself, your truth in the world. And you can't manifest your truth by following other people's lead by definition. And so we are quite rebellious in a good way. And if you think about people who had really big successes, like say Brendan Bouchard, you might have heard of him, who started from a very humble background, very small. And most people in his shoes would be just like, you know, I know my place. I can't do much more than that. And many, many more people who are famous right now they started from a background which was completely at odds with the kind of life and the kind of impact they're having right now. So I would say that it depends who you apply that to. You know what they say, the same boiling water that softens the potatoes hardens the eggs. And so it's not the environment, it's what you as a person is made of that matters and in the new environment comes into play but the way it affects you depends on your mental software very well said yes it's, just, it's a lot to take in so excuse me for like taking a second to <laughs> That's all right. right yeah it's, it's a lot to take in but um so people with different operating systems that like thrive off of fear how can they change their outlook how can they change their operating system if possible well that's the thing yeah uh you technically don't and this is where most people get it wrong because they assume that if you are say more more evolved in a, in a sense you want to pull others to your level of understanding and your level of perceiving reality almost by force And this is very wrong because what it is, the reason why we have different operating systems is because we are on different levels of soul evolution. So those people who don't understand uh, the the things that we understand and they're not interested in those things that we are interested in, are more like um, children from a spiritual standpoint. And, you know, just as you couldn't and you wouldn't talk to a little kid about the world's economy and cryptocurrency and neurobiology and all of that. And if you tried, they wouldn't understand you and you wouldn't be upset because it would be on you that you try to talk about such complex uh, ideas. 
yes. to a kid. And so what most people don't understand is that everyone is where they should be in their spiritual evolution. Everyone develops at, uh, at his or her own path, a pace. And there is no... There is no reason, and I think there is no moral right to try and speed up that by force because, say, you or me <laughs> think that that would be better for them that way. So I would say it's it's a good attitude to be mindful at where different people are on their journeys yeah, and yeah. be respectful of that as well. And so the fact that you are, say, a bit older spiritually doesn't give you the right to then try and pull other people say so, <laughs> you're not trying to make trees grow faster and then if you do that like if you succeed they never grow healthy because exactly. it's it's artificial right so what many of the spiritual teachers do they pull in people into their programs who are not yet ready for it and they get exposed to concepts that are too far out for where they are mentally and spiritually and it doesn't create good effects so i would say instead of you know those ideas of mass awakening and all of that i would say focus on becoming the best version of you and serving the world that way because if you become the best version of you you create space for other people to to be inspired to follow your uh, in your wake and to then decide for themselves what they want to do Yes. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you do you see it that it's it's common if people start succeeding and then they they start making a lot of money and they end up with a lot of money? Do those people end up becoming depressed because they've essentially reached their goal and have done it all? And like, do you see that at all? I, I see it more common with people that are given money rather than working for money and working for their, their dreams and goals? I would say it's worse for both types because <clears throat> there is a funny thing. We, as I said, we're not just the physical beings. And so being successful on the material, on the physical plane will never be enough. And it does happen with people who earn their fortunes as well. Uh, quite recently, I saw a video from a guy called uh, Tanner Chidester, who um, started again, who started very small, started from a very humble background. Um, he made a fortune through his different businesses um, and through his marketing and through his coaching. And he posted the video recently talking about how he was so depressed yeah. that he bought a gun and went to a hotel room and nearly killed himself. Like he was standing there, ready to pull the trigger. And yeah. so that is something that happens to many entrepreneurs, not necessarily in such a dramatic way, but it happens because, see, if you are striving for something and you have this goal, say, earn a lot of money, yeah. while you're busy with that goal, because you're spending so much mental energy and so much time on it, and because you have to grow spiritually and mentally to achieve that, because, you know, to become, uh, to achieve a certain goal, let's say to become a millionaire or a multi-millionaire, uh, first, it's not about strategies. It's about you. You have to evolve to the person, into the person who can make it happen. 
And this is why many people fail on the journey, by the way, because they don't understand that they just try different strategies and tactics. But it's really about evolving into the person who can make it happen. But what happens after is that in our society, we have this really strong paradigm that if you have a lot of money, if you have fast cars, Lamborghini, preferably. Uh, if you have, yeah, Lumber, Lumber Bros. And if you have a yacht and if you have a villa or if you rent a villa, then you've made it. And that's it, basically. That's that's the pinnacle of your yes. achievement as a human what being. What after that, yeah. Right. And so um, what happens is when someone sets it uh, as a goal, as the ultimate goal, once they reach it, and you can see that with many celebrities as well. Have you ever wondered why many of them are addicted to drugs? And I actually just, that? that's so funny you brought that up. I was just writing that question out. I said, <laughs> I just wrote, child stars always end up drug addicts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh, this is because, okay, so there there is a really interesting um rule about this. Uh, I mean, a spiritual, um, a spiritual law. Uh, in a way, when once you acquire a certain amount of power in the physical world, and say it's influence or money or both, your soul, your inner core, that divine, true part of you goes, okay, now you have to use this for the benefit of the world. And you have to use it to promote your, your own evolution. Because if um, if you don't, then you will just start shriveling and dying inside. The reason why that happens is because if you look in nature, everything that exists in nature is in a constant process of growth and transformation. So there is always some kind of a movement in nature. And if you plant the seed, then it grows into a little seedling, and then it grows into a small tree, and then the tree grows. So you see, there is always, always some sort of a movement. And with us, because we are part of nature as well, so we can't be exempt from uh, those rules. And uh, in, in the case of us humans, we need to be in that constant motion as well. We have to be on, uh, on a journey Yes. towards our growth all the time. And especially if we have a lot of power, whether it's financial or uh, social power at our disposal, because while we, are waiting, uh, while we are fighting for our survival, our soul goes, okay, you know, you have to discover your strength through those fights and you have to uh, become stronger than whatever life throws at you. So it's still a journey of growth. So there is still transformation happening. But especially once you achieve a level where your basic needs are satisfied, your, you know, your, your inner core goes, okay, now what? And if you don't give it the answer, then this process of internal decay will kick in. And this is what brings people down and gets them. Well, addicted to drugs is simply um, as a... Um, as an attempt to numb that pain because it doesn't go away. It's there with you every single hour yeah, of every single day yeah. and it drives you nuts. So you have to do something. And what do you do? You know, uh, there is only so much sex you can have during the day. <laughs> there is only so much food you can consume during the day. And these are the typical 
uh, numbing um, coping mechanisms for most yeah. people. Yep, so the issue, not just exactly up. entertainment, drugs, uh, you name it. And then when that fails, then sometimes people are pushed to the edge and take their lives. And I I find it really tragic, also because I know it could be avoided. Yeah. Yes. It could. Yeah. It's a a permanent solution for a temporary problem, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was laughing earlier because when you started talking about the uh, planting of a seed and growing like a tree, I literally wrote that down too as you were saying it. So we're on the same frequency. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely psychic. I was just laughing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so besides sleep, what helps spirituality? Like what else can you do to grow that, to energize that? Well, I would say that the surest way is to live your life as yourself. Yeah, and most oh, yeah. people don't even understand what it means, right? It's like yeah. <laughs> you're going for the kill shot. Good God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a lot of people wear masks. Um, most people wear masks, but even when they don't, let's say when they are alone, they are not still themselves. They're still just like one part of themselves. And this is what causes pain. You know how someone said that most people live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah, 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 and the reason for that is because if uh, we don't live as our true selves, as our full beings, we experience pain. Uh, I'm going to explain it in a second, but I'm going to start with a simple example of how it works. Imagine if someone tied your um, tied your hands up behind your back, and you couldn't do anything about it, so you would have to live your life every day uh, with your ha- uh, with your hands tied up. And that would be really frustrating, really uncomfortable, and really painful after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the reason why is because you know that you need your hands, you need your arms, and not using them makes you less and makes your life less, less fulfilling. You know, you, you can do fewer things because you can't use your hands. And so, what most people don't realize is that they are basically tricked, struggle brainwashed to live as only parts of themselves. Because as I explained earlier, we are not just that physical part and we are not even just our minds. We are a unit consisting of different elements. And the spiritual element is actually the main one. So it's not a fancy add-on that people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to work on it once I get my business off the ground. And I'm like, dude, your business is an extension of you. If you don't get yourself off the ground, neither will, <laughs> neither can do your business. And so what I'm talking about is the best place that you can possibly be in your life to feel energized, to feel happy, to crush it in your business, to really feel like you're in charge of your mind, your life, your reality, is to integrate the different parts of yourself that in most people work out of sync and actually asleep. And so by acknowledging and understanding those parts, your body, your mind, and your soul, and integrating those spiritual aspects through meditation and through specific spiritual practices 
then you will get to the point where you become unshakable and unbreakable. So this is why I called my book, The Unbreakable Entrepreneur. Oh, beautiful. Perfect. Would you consider yoga being one of those spiritual uh, tools that you can do? Only if done right. Because if you only do it as stretches, then yeah, it's going to make your body more flexible and it's great for your health. Yes. But to use it as a vehicle for spiritual awakening, uh, you need a true teacher, a proper mentor to guide you there. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you have any resources for spirituality that people can use or any kind of tools off the top of your mind? Oh, absolutely. I could recommend my books on Amazon and my program that I've created specifically to support entrepreneurs and coaches and marketers in our community. And the reason why I'm I'm saying um, that this is a good place to start is not because I'm trying to you know blow my own trumpet, but because a lot of spirituality out there, a lot of resources are either not suitable for beginners or and they are designed for the female mind. This is something that most people don't realize that spirituality, the way it's being taught right now in the West, it's massively geared towards uh, the female mind. And because of that, when men try to practice the same way, they get, well, they either get fewer results, but they also get their masculine core diluted. So they don't really follow the truth. Quite the opposite. They are getting away from their truth. And this is where depression often kicks in. You know, have you ever noticed how many spiritual teachers and gurus actually take drugs and suffer from depression and even sometimes take their own lives? I'm unaware um, of that. I know. Yeah, right. And you would think, well, that's super weird because they they do the right thing, right? They do the spiritual thing, so they should be in a really good place. Right, ironic. Yeah, it's, it's ironic and it's really sad. And the reason why that happens is because for many of those guys, they go into those spiritual realms uh, with no prior training, with no qualified mentor, and they just absorb whatever they can find. And they have a very trusting and open attitude to everything and they don't realize that many of those techniques and tools are simply not right for them and so there is a very dangerous trap where they go and they try something it makes them feel maybe a little bit better in in a long in a short run but then a lot worse in the long run and then they go to that spiritual guru and they say well i still i'm i'm not feeling right and he or she says, well, that's because you need to, you know, buy my upmarket program for, say, more. And uh, you, you need to join my mastermind or you need to practice the same uh, techniques that didn't work for you just more intensely. And, you know, it's a definition of insanity to so practice on. more of what hasn't worked and um, hoping to achieve a different result. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So uh, what I really want guys to know is that a lot of those tools a lot of those techniques maybe are not bad in themselves but they're not right for them it's like food you know it doesn't matter how good or nutritious some food is if you're intolerant to it that's it you know you can't eat it it's no good for you and so with spirituality it's very much like that it's where 
you know, you try something, it doesn't work for you. It actually takes you further away from your spiritual core, from where you should be as a man in your life. And that brings a lot of pain. And so the programs I've created and the books I wrote are specifically to help guys on the journey in a safe and powerful way. Beautiful. And I want to go back real quick and touch on this and hopefully you can elaborate. I believe I heard you say when we were talking about the, uh, the epiphany um, that you had, you were either living in a male soul or had male visions. Is this, did I hear that correctly? I, <laughs> I am a male soul originally and most of my lifetimes were okay. aligned with that polarity. Beautiful. Can I you had, yeah, I have very, very few. Uh, I only remember three female incarnations, and they were really short and nasty. So there is not much to remember, uh, and there is not much I want to go back to. So yeah, so my my affinity still lies with the tribe where I spiritually belong. Okay, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So, I think this is an important question. Um, what are some of your most significant failures? Not living my truth. <laughs> this is how I nearly died because yeah, I yeah. felt so depressed because, you know, I don't look in this lifetime that is congruent with, with you know, my, my truth as a person. And because of that, I lived a life that was not congruent with my truth as well. And so doing all those different jobs and trying to run different unrelated businesses um, created a lot of self-resentment and that created a lot of internal strain and then brought to brought me eventually to a massive burnout uh, twice, actually. And the second time, it took a long time to recover because it was so bad. It actually damaged my nervous system and my brain. No way. So, yeah. Oh, it was terrible. I couldn't read and write and actually speak for a while because the uh, neural uh, connections in the brain were damaged. And so you have no idea what a gift it is to be able to speak again and to write again. And, you know, you get to enjoy those things once you lose them. Right, right. Because you articulate very, very well. So I would never in a million years have guessed that. That's pretty significant. So kudos for you. I mean, you're, you're kicking ass and taking names. I love to hear this. <laughs> yeah, well, I, as I said, I'm, I'm lucky in a way that I have those tools that allowed me to restore myself because I think without them, I would be stuck uh, like that for a very long time. Because when I went to uh, to the doctors and I asked them what could be done they just shook their heads and they said well we're sorry we can't help you in any way frustrating. That's so frustrating. yeah so I thought okay sweet <laughs> I need to do something and so luckily our bodies have a capacity to heal um, themselves if we do the right thing so one of the uh, one of the parts of my program which consists of three parts uh, the ultimate part, so the top part of it, uh, part number three, is about managing your life and managing your body and your health in the way that makes you um, self-sovereign. Yes. And a question that just came to mind is someone else in your position where you were going to doctors and they just kind of shook their head and, and couldn't help mm. 
you out, um, what would you suggest to them if they're in a similar position to you or that you were in? Keep hope. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, they don't know everything. They and they admit it themselves. They openly say that the human body is a mystery that they haven't quite yet decoded yet. And so because they don't know everything, there are still big, big areas that you can explore on your own and find solutions on your own. And yes, granted, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot harder to do while uh, you are not functioning to your full capacity and it takes a lot more time to do so, but it is possible. So in my case, the way I've recovered from my burnout, I just studied more of neurochemistry and neuroscience myself. And I realized that there are certain chemicals that our body needs to restore it. And so I found ways of restoring that chemical balance and that I took it from there. So once you heal a little bit, then you can take the next step and the next. Well, I'm glad you made it out of there and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I don't, no person should have to go through something like that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. in, in your case, I, it's, it's a benefit, I, right? You, absolutely. You, you know, well, it definitely uh, did teach me a lesson. And I see it, you know, I see my life as flying in a spaceship. I'm a bit geeky like that. And so and so that incident I see as I, I, I'm a good pilot, actually. Yeah, I've I can tell. Been. <laughs> I've always been. But, you know, um, so that incident I see as I, I crashed my plane, but because I had the knowledge needed to restore it little by little, I fixed things and, you know, I rewired the broken, the burnt wires and I put things into place. You know, a little bit like, I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, so when, when he landed on Tatooine and they <laughs> stole the bits from his ship and then he came back to basically like a bare frame and then yeah. he got all the spars back uh, from the Javas and started putting it back together. So this is how I feel. Uh, I, I This is how I feel what was happening in my own life. But as I said, you know, just... I'm a good pilot in general. And so I was able to A, recover from that and B, learn from my mistakes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, you have you have a lot of knowledge and your, your perspective and the life you live is... I haven't spoken to anyone like <laughs> similar to you up to date. So this is... It's, it's pretty heavy, you know, and... Um, I really appreciate you being here. Um, before we get going, I want you to discuss a little bit about new books that are coming out. I believe we discussed earlier. It's called The Light Watch. Oh, The Light Watch is a yes. book that is already available on Amazon. And you can find it both in a Kindle version and in a paperback. I recommend, if you can get a paperback, I would strongly recommend that because is just magical. It's beautiful. It's got a uh, it's got a map, and it just like oh, I know I'm talking about my own book. And to be honest, I'm not a person who gets super excited about their own work because 
I feel um, with my work, I feel like I'm just serving my mission. I'm doing yeah. my duty. So it's not about some kind of an excitement. But this book is very special for me because the rest of my books are just factual books. They're textbooks. You know, they say, okay, to achieve an X result, you have to follow the steps below. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Lightwatch Chronicles is a very different book. Some people compare it to The Alchemist by Paula Kaela because it teaches you about yourself, your own mind, and how the universe works, but in the form of a novel. So you get to time travel, you get to ride the dragons with the characters, and it starts in Tokyo, where I used to live. So I absolutely love Tokyo. I speak fluent Japanese. And Sorry? Nani Oshin Taidiska. I know a little bit of Japanese, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so I used to live in Tokyo, and I described it in such a detail that people say that when they read the book, they feel transported there, which is a great idea if you want to go to Japan right now because, you know, the borders are still kind of closed so you can get a free ticket to Tokyo by just um, uh, just delving into this book and the most exciting thing is that right now it's being made into a dramatized audio series by a company called yes. Be Here yes um, goodness me uh, they sent me a sample yesterday and I stayed till <laughs> one o'clock in the morning listening to that sample because that I was, was literally freaking out it was so good <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You're so excited about it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not just a, a front that you're putting on, that Jay's putting on. This is actual real emotion because when we were not recording, had the same exact emotion. So you are super psyched about it. So fun. Actually, funny enough, I'm I'm planning to go to uh, to Japan. I'm trying to get there like August or September of this year. I'm actually planning it out right now. Right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hopefully they will restrict, um, lift the borders restrictions by yeah, them. Hoping. Uh, I want to go back as well because it's, um, it's my spiritual homeland in a way. I feel <laughs> and, like uh, mine as well. When I was younger, instead of going on vacations, we would host Japanese kids that played in something called the Cabo World Series for baseball. And we would oh, get nice. two Japanese kids and they would stay at our house for three weeks while they played this tournament. And we did that for about like 13 years. So I just wow. feel like there's something in me that really needs to get to Japan. I really need to get there. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you will love it there. It's like a different world. And yeah. you will love the Lightwatch Chronicles as well. Yeah. Because, as I said, it's not just a normal fantasy book that you read and put in your shelf. It's basically a companion for understanding this world and this reality better, as well as your own mind. And it teaches you how to meditate. It teaches you some uh, spiritual techniques that you can use. And it gives you a very different perspective on the world that we live in right now. You, you'll get to understand it a lot, lot better after reading this book. I'm and I'm going to dive in <laughs> for sure. The way you explained it <laughs> and how excited you are, I, I can't, <laughs> can't miss it. <laughs> well, um, this book was actually specifically designed for uh, guys who want to find their purpose because it tells you in that form of a story of um, about what mistakes to avoid. 
while on that quest. So it helps you succeed. Amazing. Amazing. Jay, is there anything that you want to live, uh, leave our listeners with before we go? Absolutely. Wonderful. I want you guys to remember that you are more than you think you are. And there is this enormous potential sleeping in you. And if you think that you tapped into it, there is always a lot more than you can see from your perspective right now. So get excited and get evolving, get growing and serve the world greatly. Share your light with the world. Powerful. So powerful. You've been an inspiration. And before we, we end this, I would love to give you the, uh, the opportunity just to, to shout out your social media, your books, whatever else you have coming out, please just shout it out and we'll, we'll send it to the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you look, uh, if you look up GH Tapley or hashtag the unbreakable entrepreneur, you will find my work across different social platforms. I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on Amazon. So if you look up my name, JH Tapley on Amazon, you will find Lightrich Chronicles, you will find The Unbreakable Entrepreneur, and many more books that I wrote to help you and support you on your journey. And my students love them, so there is a chance you're going to love them too. Brilliant. J.H. Tapley, everybody, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Appreciate it. Everyone else at home, we'll see you later. Thank you very much.